talk about the number ones and number twos in your local comic shop, not in your toilet. Welcome to episode 10 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's May 2017, which means we'll be discussing some comics and news from April 2017. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is Patty Lynn Pryor. Hi! If this is your first time listening to this podcast, or you've simply forgotten since last time, we curse a whole lot, so there's your fucking warning about Fuck. that. Right. Fuck. Especially this one curses a whole lot. No, never. Mm-hmm. Not me. Okay. Uh, so we uh, we got a whole bunch of new titles this month. Yay! And, uh, you know, Resurrection is in kind of full swing. We're going to be getting a bunch more new titles in May. I think maybe one or two in June. And then one more new one in July. But I thought <clears throat> it was interesting what they did this month. Uh, well, in April was... They had the three new titles, but they had number ones and number twos of all three of them come out in the same month, which was interesting. I don't know if they're going to be doing that with all of them going forward. As far as I know, X-Men Gold is the only one that is going to be shipping monthly, uh, no, twice monthly, like permanently, um, or at least for the foreseeable future. And I was really excited for X-Men Gold because they have been teasing New Brotherhood, and what they have been teasing me with, me personally, is the return of Pyro and Avalanche. But is it really a new Pyro and Avalanche? I guess it's not the old ones brought back from the dead, which is kind of upsetting, but we'll get to more of that a little bit later. So I thought the opening was kind of funny. They're fighting Terax and, you know, they're like, isn't he supposed to be dead? And then, you know, one of them goes, so was I. And Nightcrawler's like, me too. And old man Logan is like, I hear there's a me that still is. And, you know, that was very funny. Um, (laughs) I like how Shadowcat was in charge of everyone taking charge. Very dominant role. Mm-hmm. And it was it was pretty cool to see. You know, Storm is just like immediately in a supportive role. Uh, she grew her hair out. She was just leading the X-Men, and now she's kind of just like, I guess I shouldn't be doing this anymore. So it's fucking Shadowcat that's doing it. So, you know, they take care of Terax, and, you know, they basically destroy a building while doing it. And then uh, there's all these people standing around, like, looking at the X-Men and, like, you know, some of the people on the ground are, like, not too happy with them, and they call her an it. I don't know. It was kind of cool to see her keep her head about it, uh, especially after what just happened with the Inhumans. Well, I think that's part of the reason that Storm wanted to quit, as we saw in, what was it, X-Men, X-Men Prime? Prime yeah. uh, we saw that uh, Storm approached Shadowcat and told her, basically, like, I can't run the X-Men anymore. I need to take a sabbatical, I'm going to quit, you're going to be the new leader. And I think it's great seeing Kitty put into this, like, uh, new role of finally being the leader, you know, after being one of the mainstays in the X-Men for so long and always kind of been looked at as, like, a child and, like, not as mature. When they were having this discussion, Kitty was like, okay, so I'm going to make you stay. You can't quit. You have to stay in the X-Men. You're like the heart and soul of the X-Men, blah, blah, blah. And Storm is like, fine, but bitch, now it's your turn to be hated. So now you're going to be the fucking face of the X-Men so everybody can hate you. Yeah, and they needed their token black lady. So that's Storm. (laughs) Um, And this is what you get for running out on us and spending all that time in space. Welcome back to Earth. So it took me until the uh, softball game. Softball? Baseball. 
Uh, who cares? It's the Softball. same thing. No, it's not the same thing. It's the same thing. I know. It's close. Uh, who cares? It's just a different ball. Who cares? It's... Balls are all the same. <laughs> really? Is yes. that what you think? Balls are all the same? Yes, balls are all the same. I don't know how gold balls would feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually racist. But um, <laughs> So it took me until the softball game to realize that Kitty has short hair. Which I kind of like. I think it kind of fits. And I thought it was cute. I thought it was really funny, too, that, you know, now they're in Central Park. This guy that works for the city comes by and is like, oh, yeah, here's your invoice for the land you're occupying. It's uh, $18 million for the six months that you're going to be on here. Just Kitty's reaction was, like, really fucking funny. And then, you know, old man Logan is like, want me to claw him? Oh, it was it was just silly. This, I that was silly. That was the first thing that I thought of when uh, I heard that they were going to be staying in Central Park. I actually brought that up to Jonathan because, you know, I'm um, I'm an accounting major. So that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, you know, that's prime real estate in Central Park. Like, I understand they want to be, like, in the center of everything and, you know, oh, they want to be, like, seen or whatever. That makes sense. They want to be in the center of everything. So Central, Central Park. Park. Oh. No. But, okay, Central Park is huge for anybody who's never been there. It's beautiful. But, like, even hotels around there, especially just getting it to <laughs> getting a hotel room to face it, is, like, insanely expensive. Uh, you got to so, suck a lot of dick in order to get a hotel room that faces Central Park. You got to suck lots of dicks. And lots of balls, too. But the good news is about the balls is that they all, all look the same. All the balls are the same. All the balls look all the same. All the balls are the so same. So you don't have to worry about any surprises. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was something that I brought up to Jonathan. I was like, you know, it's got to be really fucking expensive for them to be staying in Central Park. You know, they have to pay for that. They can't just, like, I can't just, like, get a trailer and just say, yep, I'm living in Central Park now. It's my house. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, if it's so expensive, maybe they'll have to downgrade. Instead of the X Mansion, it'll be the X Trailer. <laughs> they can all share. It'll be the X Trailer Park. They can all park right next to each other. Aww. Central Park. Park the trailer. In the center of New York City. works so fucking well. Yes. Mark, we're so smart. Mark Guggenheim, the writer of this book, is literally a fucking genius and my hero. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so, you know, then it cuts to Rachel. And listen, I understand... Phoenix and Marvel Girl both being rooted in the past and Rachel should look forward but but prestige so according to Google the exact definition of this is denoting something that arouses respect or admiration mm -hmm. isn't that like a little egotistical of her I didn't really understand if it was Rachel's idea or Shadowcat's idea but I, I thought that was kind of shitty also now she looks like she's trying to be like wealthy upper class with her fucking costume which i think is cute by the way and also commenting on the new looks is this like um, a, but this is like a mini half cape that she has plus what's with up what's up with the fucking temporary face tattoo well she's had face tattoos for a while so you know what that's what she's used to so just but they gotta they gotta spend 18 million dollars on the rent so she got laser removal surgery for those face tattoos and got I, this new tattoo put on? I don't know. But You're the accountant. You should be thinking about these things. <laughs> what I was going to say about the change in looks, especially with Kitty's hair and stuff, uh, when girls change their hair, it's usually like indicative of them trying to change something more drastic than their hair, but their hair is like easy to change. I don't know if that makes sense. You had you know, me like, at indic. I, 
I'm going to kill you. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. I'm so <laughs> tired. <laughs> so, yeah, if you ever see a girl just cut her hair really short or dye it or something, there's something wrong with her. Yeah, like Britney Spears when she shaved yes. her head. Yes. Who's old enough to remember that? Yeah. Hey. All right. Uh, so, anyway. So then, you know, Shadowcat makes some sort of comment about how she wishes, like, somebody would just attack the city, and then someone attacks the city, and great, now I feel like the worst person ever. And so it's a five-person team attacking the UN headquarters, and so these X-Men go to meet them, and Magma is there, and she announces that they are the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And so there's Magma and Mask, and there is some dude dressed up as Avalanche. There is some dude dressed up as Pyro, minus the, the fuel tanks on the back. And some demon-looking thing. And my first thought when I was seeing, like, solicitations for this was, like, is that Scaleface? But, like, Scaleface has, like, a snout. Scaleface is also dead. Uh, and then there's, uh, there's, what's his name? Mellencamp from the Acolytes, who is likely dead, too. So I had no idea. You know, we just figure it's it's a new character. They were talking about that within the days leading up to the release. Anyway, I, I <clears throat> loved the first issue for the most part. Uh, I thought the art was great. I liked the, and we'll talk more on that later. Definitely, oh, yeah. like, trust me. We'll talk more on that later. But just my initial reaction, like, I, I wrote this down. Like, I loved the art. I thought it was really good. Uh, I like this back-to-basics approach that they want to take. Um, it opened with the lady talking about you know, prejudice against the X-Men is different than racism and bigotry, and so that's an interesting justification for it. Uh, you know, some of the dialogue itself was cheesy, but, you know, it, it opened with a good story, I think. And then, you know, number two comes out, and uh, Magma says that people are already calling mutants evil, so they should act the part. And she burns old man Logan, and that kind of reminded me of Pyro's first, well, his, kind of his technically second appearance in Uncanny number 142, where he burned Wolverine. That's what that reminded me of. I don't know if it was a nod to it, but I love Pyro, so I noticed something like that. And then, of course, Storm comes along, and she rains on everything. This always fucking happens. She's always raining on my parade. Whenever Pyro is around, Storm shows up, and she just rains on everything. Fucking pissing on my leg and raining on my pyro. Cheerios. Raining on my pyro. God damn it. <clears throat> You know, Kitty notices this new character whose name is Clevis, by the way. Which the, is such a dorky fucking it name. It is really a dorky name. I don't know what's going to happen with this, but like the day it came out, I, I read about this, that, you know, this is a new character. Mark Guggenheim was like, um, I hope nobody's heard of this guy before because he's brand new, uh, really like planting seeds for something that you'll find more out about this guy around like issue number 20. So that's going to be, you know, with it coming out twice monthly sometime later this year, we're going to find out more about Clevis. And then, you know, there was the telekinetic fastball special and the fight with them, which honestly I thought was kind of dumb. She's like, I thought it was cute. TSF. And who was it? Mask was like, what's the TFS? And I was like, ah, <laughs> All right, fine. You liked it? Yeah. All right, fine. You liked it. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, it, you know, she and Colossus aren't like an item anymore. So he couldn't, she couldn't say, hey, throw me. Um, I was wondering what Mask was doing in all of this. Like, I know the dude. I know his powers. I've seen him around for, like, a long time. He's not really, like, utilized much. I don't feel like he ever has really been. But he was just kind of standing around avoiding or trying to avoid getting hit. He wasn't really contributing much to this fight. Like, if he grabs somebody, he's going to, like, fuck up their face. And, you know, that's fine for somebody like Prestige now who needs to look all, like, fucking fancy with her face tattoos. Um, so she needs to stay away from Mask. But Yeah, like, the first is... thing I think of when I hear face tattoos is fancy. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fancy face tattoos. Okay. Not just any face tattoos, like Mike Tyson level face tattoos. <laughs> the fanciest, the best that money could buy. And then, you know, there's there's Mesmero. All of a sudden, there's fucking Mesmero when uh, Kurt teleports old man Logan out of there. And he's got like this, this new suit with lights on it. Oh, so flashy. I really loved it. I really fucking loved it. Everybody is moving up in the world. Yeah, apparently. He's able to afford this new suit with all these flashy lights. So then, you know, the fight ends because S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up because, you know, the Brotherhood runs away. And uh, they talk, they, you see Shadowcat talking to Steve Rogers. I'm like, oh my God, watch out, he's evil now. But, you know, the X-Men are like out of everything, so they don't even know that he's evil now. So, you know, Shadowcat is talking to Steve about them was like you, you know Magma was one of ours and Mask you know he's always been like a dipwad or something like that and then he brings up Pyro and Avalanche and she's like their voices are different but these are just two guys without an original idea between them and I'm like don't sully their memory this way uh, I was really upset <laughs> well at least she remembered them enough to that know that cute. their voices are different I did so she that. she knew and they know that it's not the same Pyro and Avalanche which might come Good. in handy when fighting them I don't fucking know well whatever just fucking bring them back so one of the theories online is that uh the new pyro is actually richter i um uh rusty that the new pyro is actually rusty and that the new avalanche is richter yeah so what do you think i don't know what to think because What Guggenheim said was that he knows that Pyro and Avalanche are both dead and, you know, he's not out to just bring back characters all willy-nilly for no reason just to have them killed again by the next writer. So that's why he wanted to have a different Pyro and Avalanche. But I'm thinking that if, you know, Rusty is dead. Yes. So why (laughs) would he bring back Rusty to have the mantle of Pyro instead of just bringing back Pyro? Right. So... I don't know. I don't find a lot of merit in that unless, you know, he just said that so he could, like, stealthily bring back Rusty. <sighs> we'll we'll see is, what happens with that. Is he gonna, he's going to try to pull one past the editors. Maybe the editors won't realize that, oh, we forgot. Rusty was dead, too. But... Uh, I know, I know that that that's what some people were thinking, but um, the Avalanche is definitely not Richter. There is no way that is not Richter's body type. That was how Richter was drawn in uh, the early ish nineties, like around ninety three, like sort of big and muscular, sort of. Well, it was but, the early nineties. Everybody was big and muscular, right? But like when he first appeared, like in the late eighties, and then again in recent years too, when he was part of X Factor, he was a pretty scrawny guy. He was not muscular. He was not built. And this new Avalanche is a big fucking dude. Well, you know, it could be it could be part of the suit. You know, the suit is just bigger to look scary and intimidating. Oh, kind of like how drag queens put like things on their butts to make their butts look bigger. Yes, Jonathan <laughs> has been watching RuPaul's Drag Race with me. Yeah. So uh, he's a good boyfriend. Wasn't my idea. <laughs> Not that I mind it so much, but just just throwing that out there. Wasn't my idea. Yeah. So Avalanche, <laughs> you know, Richter's just patting himself to there look bigger. Yep. <laughs> uh. All right, so, uh, but, and this was kind of weird too. I know they're trying to set things up here for future stories, but it's like all of a sudden on one page, there's this guy that looks like the executioner, and there's going to be another executioner, and in like a future storyline. 
chasing after some sort of green mutant in New York, and I'm trying to like rack my brain on who this green mutant could be, and I really couldn't think of it. I probably should have done my good job as a host and looked it up online to see what the internet was saying, uh, but I didn't. So it just made me think of uh, that blue mutant jazz from that 198 miniseries, and I'm thinking, all right, so, you know, Jazz had no powers except for blue skin, and it didn't look like this green guy was doing anything, so I thought maybe he was a green version of Jazz, and maybe his name would be something along the lines of Funk. No. I think I'm funny. Because <laughs> Funk is green? That doesn't even make sense. Jazz is blue. Like, the genre. It's like, you know, the blues. You got to play the blues. No, you, you, know jazz. What, you know what genre the blues is? It's the blues. No, and well, you you know, <laughs> jazz is like, it could be like, you know, sad or whatever, you know? <clears throat> whatever. No, that's the blues. You're thinking you of the blues. shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then they, they cut to some of the X-Men finding out that the mayor, I guess, of New York, um, de Blasio, it must be. <laughs> nobody likes, nobody really likes de Blasio anyway, so it's, it's fine. The mayor got kidnapped. They're going to execute him within 24 hours. <clears throat> I was like, this sounds like a really bad action movie. Yeah, no, um, it does. And so this this racist lady who's been going on these rants on the Fact Channel, which is basically the Fox News network of comic books, uh, her name was, uh, I think it's Lydia Nance, yeah. She's saying that, you know, the that mutants need to be deported, give them another Genosha or Utopia, they should live with their own kind, and, you know, I, I kind of like how they're making this lady just, like, really hateable off the bat like does she want to take over bill o'reilly's time <laughs> slot because whoops that guy's She's not... just like over the top racist yeah. like do, do, does she remember what happened in genosha because it or wasn't utopia yeah it wasn't just you know a good old time that they were having you know just like go back to your house you know go back where you came from yeah, and seriously from a human standpoint utopia didn't look too good either i mean yeah it was fine for the x-men but from the for the outside world, it looked pretty scary. All these mutants living on a fucking that asteroid. That's that's a little scary. I mean, not for me. If that really happened, I'd want to go over and join them. You know, I'd probably bring them food and stuff like that, and you tr- want to go like hang out with them. But anyway, I yeah, don't... it's basically a ghetto. You know, that's what a ghetto is. You know, just like rounding up a whole bunch of people and pushing them into one space to live. Yeah, like you know, one type of people. Well, there you go. This is this is what our current administration is is uh, is influencing. Um, that, but we shouldn't talk about politics. So let's let's stay out of that. All right. Um. So you know, uh, Mesmero has got Old Man Logan chained up, and something is clearly wrong with him. He's like sweating. He's like shaking. I don't know. They've got psi shields. Something's really wrong. Logan breaks out of the chains and like chokes out mesmero and takes out pyro and mask and then you know calls uh i think he he called rachel and you know this second issue was okay you know it kind of kept us in suspense i don't think it was as good as the first first issue but it also didn't answer any questions but i guess that's kind of the point now hopefully i'm really hoping really when i say answer any questions my questions are solely concerning this new pyro and avalanche that's all i give any fucks about right now more than anything else so hopefully the next issue they get around to that, but you know I don't know. I thought X Men Gold has been okay so far. Yeah, I think it's been okay so far. You know, like the main group of X Men have never been my favorite group. Honestly, you got like your main characters, and I feel like both Jonathan and I like seeing how the kids are dealing with everything better, and how like 
the lesser mutants are dealing too. So that's like why we really liked uh, Wolverine and the X-Men and like new X-Men and yeah. Gen oh, yeah. X and whatever. Yeah. And that's why I really like X-Men Blue, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving on to Weapon X, that's what came out next. I think I got a um, I got a variant cover. It was the same price to avoid Greg Land's artwork. I'm sorry, I don't like supporting that guy when I can <laughs> avoid it, but I still want the story, and with all these new X titles, I'm getting every single one of them. So there are these people lost in the forest, and I did not see this coming. The, this whole, <coughs> bless you, this whole super spiky cyborgs coming out of that, and, you know, Logan cuts, uh, cuts off a piece of his arm to throw them off. That was pretty fucking gross. Um, that was awesome. I know. I'm not saying it wasn't awesome, but it was also pretty fucking gross. And he says that one of these things had like the long ass adamantium blades. And then there's a flashback shot to, uh, you know, Weapon X program. And you have Lan's artwork who drew Deadpool very poorly. Nuke's face very poorly. Um, and then a porn star looking Laura on that yeah, one that page. Yeah, that pissed me off. <clears throat> yeah. And then, you know, they've got Deathstrike in a stasis chamber. And, uh, you know, you can see a little bit of her booty. Thank you, Greg Lands. Um, and she carves kill you all in the vibranium glass. I thought I love her. Yeah, no, I thought that was really, really cool. And so, you know, they, they obviously they recovered that piece of Logan's arm. and They drop it in, in the chamber. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, are they, they ca- capturing them full? Are they going to make like, some sort of a clone army or whatever? Because that's, that's sort of what it looked like they were trying to do. So are, they, are we doing this whole clone thing clone wars yeah more isn't clone- that a star wars thing clone- <laughs> is it what what was the spider-man one clone conspiracy so we just got we just got uh clones all over marvel and disney you know the same company now so just clones all over more star clones. wars and clones all over marvel does disney own anything else disney owns clones, everything clones disney, and mickey mouse disney owns everything <laughs> disney owns the music industry disney owns starbucks we're going to have clones of fucking coffee. Disney owns. Well, they had like uh, the Mickey Mouse Club, and that's where like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake got their start. All right, so, so Disney So, you know, owns... there have been lots of clones of those, too, over the years. So Disney's going to clone Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake, and there's going to be an army of Britney Spears and Justin Timberlakes that are going to take over the world someday. I can get back that. I could back that. Maybe, maybe Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake will be writing for Marvel. Keep it in the family. Yes. Yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gene Gray's going to start saying things like, you got to work, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're very nostalgic for the 90s here. Yeah. Um, Okay. So Logan tracks down Creed, figuring, you know, that the same thing happened to him. Um, I I think that Greg Land's art of Victor Creed has improved since Uncanny, which was like months ago. It's definitely improved, but he's not drawing old man Logan very well. There are so many panels where old man Logan is like smiling and his... Eyes are closed, and I'm sorry, he looks like an old Asian man. Yes, I was thinking that too. And I don't know why, whenever I look at that, it makes me think of Splinter from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I literally have no fucking idea. Don't sneeze. No, I need to sneeze. (laughs) Don't sneeze. You already sneezed. One sneeze per podcast. (laughs) You've reached your sneeze quota. No. (laughs) You see how controlling he is? No, I'm... God, I'm such a douchebag. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, um, 
I don't know why it makes me think of Splinter from the Ninja Turtles whenever I'm looking at this picture of Old Man Logan with his, you know, his eyes closed and the smile and the wrinkles on his face. I don't know why. There is no panel where Splinter, for those of you who don't know, is a giant rat. He doesn't have wrinkles on his face. In fact, he has a snout and he has whiskers, so I'm sorry. If somebody could tell me why I'm thinking of these two things together, I'll be so happy. I feel like in the movies he would, like, close his eyes and smile. Maybe. So, I don't know. Yeah. I only saw that one bad movie that you made me watch. That was not a bad movie. Okay. Are you kidding? Listen to how mean she is to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that was my childhood right there. And Like, I remember being five years old and seeing that movie in the theater, and she just dis- dissed it so harshly. Anyway, so, yeah, Logan tries to get Creed to team up with them, and he's like, oh, I've been trying to kill you for 100 years. That makes you think I'd ever team up with you. So, whatever. I, I, I don't know. It was it was kind of interesting to see the two of them team up when these fucking big things with blades come back. And, um, you know, I don't know. I thought that this first issue, though, was better than that teaser story in X-Men Prime. Oh, it was. I mean, no. No? No, it wasn't. I liked the one in X-Men Prime better. I wasn't crazy about really? this issue, actually. Yeah. But, yeah, so Logan to get Creed to team up with him just, like, led this cyborg army to where Creed was. Yeah, it's funny. And then, yeah, and then Logan was like, so are we teaming up or what? Yeah, it's funny. So, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I liked it. Like I said, it was was definitely better than the teaser story in X-Men Prime with uh, Deathstrike. Not that that was necessarily bad, but just a couple of the things were just kind of stupid and silly. But um, anyway, so then in number two, it opens up with uh, Warpath. Um, he's watching horses in Arizona. I, uh, I, I really, I, I like this. You know, I like a little bit of, of focus on Warpath because I don't feel like, unless I'm missing something, that they focused on him too much in, in some years ever since he kind of quit. You know, since X-Force kind of fucked him up, you know, going out on the team of killers and killing a bunch of people, that wasn't really what he had been doing before. So he kind of warped him, I feel like. So it was nice to see him relaxing. And then uh, these fucking horses, they got the fucking blades too when they're coming after him. And I'm like, I should have fucking expected this, but I didn't. Um, but this is what you get for, for trying to defend horses, the, the helicopters chasing after them. Horses have no fucking honor. It's, it's a widely known thing. Horses are evil, and this is why we turn them all into glue. It's because no. if you don't turn them into glue, they turn into fucking stabby robot things, and they kill you. So remember that the next time you're petting a horse, you run the fuck away and get, you know, your local, like, glue company on the phone and let them know what's going on. No. Uh, <clears throat> horses do scare me, though. Their faces are really big. <laughs> That's, I mean... Their face is like almost as big as my body, so it's it's just scary, and they're just tall, and they just look at you. I don't like them, but they're they're cute to look at pictures of. That's that's my stance on horses. Send in all your pictures to mail at geekade.com, but don't send your actual horses to mail at geekade.com. Because horses will not fit over the internet. <laughs> anyway. She's such an idiot. <laughs> She's so mean to me. Do you oh, guys hear this? She's up. so mean to me all the time. So, yeah. So, you have Creed and Logan fighting up again. And then Creed runs away. He's just like, fuck you, I'm out. So, it was creepy to see these fucking, like, human weapon things grow muscles and turn into people. And, you know, I guess they I guess they stole DNA off of Logan and Victor to do it. I don't know. I don't know where they're, where they're keeping that stuff. If they can just spontaneously sperm grow bank. it yeah sperm bank they have internal sperm banks that's what they have yes um i, I am, have one I, oh jesus <laughs> christ all right um anyway 
<laughs> so, is it running low? Do you need a donation? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm happy that the bunny was okay. If you guys didn't notice, the bunny the bunny was really cute. It was ducking down, and then, you know, Logan and Victor run by, and then the bunny perks up, and then it, like, goes back down again because it's, like, scared, and then watches him run away. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know where this is going, what they're what they're gonna what they're gonna do with this book? I hope Warpath is okay. Um, I guess they're gonna go after Domino next, but she has luck power. So how the fuck are they gonna catch her? I don't oh, know. they're never gonna catch her. But uh, one thing that I did like was that the two of them were talking about uh, dating websites, and Logan was like, "Oh, you have one, don't you?" And Victor was like, "No," and Logan was like, "I can smell lies." Yeah, yeah, that was that was silly. Creed's gross. He he he's not getting. And he he wants to fuck M. So yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with that. <clears throat> so on to X Men Blue. Jean Grey is the leader of X Men Blue. Yes. And my soul. Sort of. And my vagina. Okay. Good to know. I like how it opened with you know Jean Grey team leader about damn time. That was cute. I guess I'll. Uh, no, I want to talk about the artwork now because people were people were complaining about the artwork on this book. Where? I like it. I like it. I think it's I think it's cute. I think she looks a little nerdy. That's this is fine. I think the artwork is fine. It's not the best, but it's definitely unique and I appreciate the style for the tone of this book. Anyway, with that being said, what was with Black Tom's Batwoman motif? He had the black and he had the red. He had basically the little red bat symbol on his fucking chest. He was Batwoman. I'm going to call him Bat Tom. I'm going to call oh. him Black Woman. I'm going to call him... <laughs> I don't know what to call him, but it just reminded me so much of Batwoman. You know, so they're on a fucking cruise ship, and the X-Men are fighting him, and of course Black Tom's not alone. He's got the Juggernaut with him, and Juggernaut's got they're some sort of... They're bud buddies. Uh, Juggernaut's got so, some sort of updated costume, which was fine. Like, the actual, you know, the armor part of it was interesting, but what were those bar things on his, like, upper back? It's so, you know, like, on the back of a garbage truck... <clears throat> So they can climb on him and throw garbage in his butt because he's just a big garbage truck. They can climb on his upper back and get garbage into his butt, which is under his lower back. His back, then. That's that's like a garbage truck. Mm -hmm. You know, the bar is on the top and you can hold on to it. Or you could do pull-ups on him. You should write for Marvel. I know. I was thinking Bane's venom feed. I'm like, what? What is what? What is this? I don't know. That's what. That's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of the fucking tubes for fucking Bane, Bane's venom feed. Yeah, they fight, and you know, Angel takes out Black Tom, and Juggernaut's all pissed off because Cyclops killed his stepbrother. And it's funny, Cyclops is like running away from him, and he's like, "This is how I die: crushed by a giant with Bobby's voice ringing in my ears." Aww. Um. And this is going to be a, a thing now where Hank can use magic. It's really, it is weird and uncharacteristic. I, I know, you know, that's why they did that. Uh, something new. So he sends Kane through hell. Uh, he sends Kane to Siberia through hell. <clears throat> and Scott's pissed and they fight. Um, I just, I don't know how I feel about Hank being like careless, unapologetic, and cold. It's, it's really weird. Like, is, is this uncharacteristic for him? I, it I is. feel like it is. It is. And <clears throat> I feel like part of the reason that they gave him the magic ability is if you go back and read the original X-Men, like when it was just the five of them, you know, Gene, Scott, and Iceman could all do their own thing, but Angel was just like in charge of carrying people around and dropping them places and beast really didn't have 
too much to do other than have big hands and feet, which you know what that means. And he's smart. And he's smart, yeah. So he would like come up with the plans and whatever, come up with all these inventions. In the current era of X-Men, there are other characters whose, you know, power consists of being smart and, you know, there's um all these new superheroes around. You know, there's Moon Girl, Riri, Forge. There's like all of these really smart characters. So I feel like maybe he feels like what made him special doesn't really make him special anymore. I mean, like with Warren, they had to give him flaming wings to make him interesting and, you know, do something because there are so many X-Men who can fly and do other things. All Warren was able to do was fly. So that's why they had to update him. And that's why they had to update Beast, I feel like. Yeah, no, you're 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 probably right. I, I can appreciate that. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of just weird for him to act like this. Well, um, do, do you feel like the magic is like kind of corrupting him that maybe he's like delving into some dark shit he doesn't fully understand? Probably. I, I'm guessing that's what's kind of happening. Either that or he's just an asshole. I mean, you know, he is kind of an asshole, but like he's being a real asshole these days. So anyway, uh, I like the writing, uh, the story, the art. And, uh, you know, Magneto shows up at the end and it's like, oh, no, oh, my God, which, of course, we knew because they, they spoil things in advance. But, you know, then, uh, oh, it's like meanwhile. And then, you know, they show this Wolverine looking character running through the fucking snow and shit like that. And, uh, you know, my first thought is, uh, is this how they're bringing Wolverine back? Because we're getting Wolverine back at least at least for uh, at least a one shot. Who knows? Um, no, it's James Hudson Jr., which is the ultimate Wolverine kid. I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, they've got Old Man Logan. They've got Laura. Now they've got this fucking guy. And they're going to bring back the 616 actual Wolverine, at least for one shot, maybe permanently. And it's just so many fucking Wolverines. I think it's it's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. They've even teased that they're going. there's going to be like a love triangle between, you know, young Scott, young Gene, and fucking James because... Um, because uh, they have to. Because he's going to join the fucking team too. Um, I did like the other teasers in the back of the book, though. You know, they show the original Gen X, the future Brotherhood of Mutants, Xavier. Maybe he'll be back from the dead. Who the fuck knows? But again, they've been doing okay without him. Yeah, no, they've been doing absolutely fine without him. But I, uh, I don't know. I like the first issue. Um, the second issue was was interesting too, more for uh, the dialogue between Gene and Magneto. That was really interesting. Gene is just kind of telling Magneto off, like, "Listen, we basically just fought you yesterday in in our time." So, you know, you're a fucking terrorist. And she's, like, telling him off, and she's kind of, like, sweating it. And he's like, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, but, you know, they still need to take care of threats to mutant kind. Uh, he wants to help, but he can't be seen uh, by the public with the X-Men in order for the X-Men to operate effectively because, you know, they, they know what happened with, you know, Magneto working with, Emma Frost, and then, of course, Emma Frost going nuts in the Sentinels, so, I don't know, they've got their base in Madripoor, and, you know, the kids are still running fucking Danger Room program, practicing to fight Magneto, if and when this sort of shit happens. Which I think is good, you know, to have a backup plan, because Magneto did take his helmet off, and told Gene, like, you know, I don't usually do this, but I, yeah, but it's important for you to know that I'm serious, and that I'm on your side and I will be on your side. So there's been a lot of weird stuff going on with Magneto. um, As we saw in the last issue of Uncanny X-Men, 
um, where, you know, he pretended to get killed by Betsy. So it makes sense that he wants to be kind of in the shadows. You know, it's been established for a while that uh, Magneto's helmet is not completely necessary because uh, Magneto's been around for a long time. His longest, yeah, his, you know, longest rival has been Xavier. He has developed some kind of psychic shields over the years. So I don't know if Jean was able to see everything. It was shown that she saw him growing up as a child in the Holocaust, but maybe, you know, he blocked out bits and pieces that he didn't want her to see. So I don't know. I mean, he doesn't really need the helmet. It's just kind of like a plan B, if you will. Like not not Plan B, but like Plan B the the drug. So if you get knocked up, the morning up, after pill. Yeah, the morning after pill is oh Plan B. Oh my god, B. Yeah. stop! <laughs> but that's why you got to wear the helmet, so you don't have to do the Plan B. Exactly. That's always wear your helmet, kids. Yeah. So then there's this robotic butler named Ferris, and I'm like, all right, like Ferris Bueller. I thought that was kind of silly. And, you know, they, they get sent on a mission for some Sentinels in Barcelona. And I, I loved Hank's line, though. He was like, most likely the, the plane already primed the engines in anticipation of our needs. It wouldn't surprise me if it one day leaves us behind and jets off to save mutant kind on its own. I don't know. I thought that was funny. But the Sentinels are in Barcelona. The X-Men arrive, and they're just like, they, they say fellow mutants. And then after that, you've got Magneto apparently is working on a time machine. Like, is, is he trying to send them back? Does he want to get rid of them? Is he trying to help them? Did they not tell him that they already know what happened in the past that they came from, that the universe righted itself, quote-unquote? I don't know. Anyway, I like this book. I feel like it's a bit more lighthearted in tone. X-Men Gold is a little bit more serious in tone. And then Weapon X is serious, but then there's some funny parts, or they're supposed to be funny, and it just feels really out of place. So, I don't know. I think we're off to an okay start. I don't think any of this, any of these stories have been particularly amazing so far, but it's all right. I like them. I think X-Men Blue is probably my favorite so far because I am the most interested to find out what's happening with Magneto, just as much as you're you know, looking to find out what's happening with Pyro. Yeah, that's so true. that's kind of why I'm most interested in X-Men Blue. Of the books that are out so far, of the books that are going to come out, uh, Gen X I am yes. so excited for. Yes. Finally, Quentin Choir. <coughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally. Well, so what did uh, you all think of Resurrection so far? Is it as glorious as we all hoped it would be, or would Dead have been better? Because we all know sometimes Dead is better. You think about that, and we'll be right back after this break. All right, listen, no bullshit. We're getting straight to the point. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you're into some nerdy shit. Also, chances are you're on the internet a lot. Give your genitals a rest and click away from the porn for a few minutes. Stop supporting Greg Lynn. And check out geekade.com. We're not about just news and reviews. We love writing, podcasting, videoing about the things we love and the things you probably love, too. Harry Potter, Doctor Who, Pokemon, Mega Man, Zelda, Arrow, Adult Swim, and then WWF are just a few subjects you'll undoubtedly run across on Geekade.com. So stop by Geekade.com today because we've got your brand of geek. If you've gotten to this point in the podcast, chances are you either love the X-Men 
or you've taken a tumble, hit your head, and are currently unconscious while your life slowly bleeds out of your body. If you're the former, why not check out 1 Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook? For the latest X-Men news, trivia, a daily mutant of the day, and the best part, cool artwork and merchandise. Head on over to Facebook and check out 1 Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men. What if you're the latter? What? You told the former what to do, but what about the latter? Oh, well you probably can't hear this, but try not to bleed out all over the carpet, you selfish piece of shit, because that's an anti-Persian and worth more than you anyway. Alright, so there's uh, there's been a few things in the news, uh, and one enormous piece of news, and I did not want to lead with that, and I also do not want to end with that, so we've got a nice shit sandwich with that in the middle. Uh, first thing I'm going to start off with, which I just read like a day or two ago, was Stan Lee will possibly cameo in the new X-Men show. Um, this guy has to have his hand in everything, right up the butt of the X-Men, I guess. There was some sort of picture of him on, on the set, so I'm guessing that Stan Lee is going to cameo on this new X-Men show. Gifted, Who cares? Or whatever there. You don't care? You no. don't care about Stan Lee? I don't. Guy's ancient. He's, he's going to... Uh, uh, I don't He's want to be... gonna live forever. All right, yeah, you're, because you're nobody right. dies. Everybody gets brought back to life. It's Marvel, bitch. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> Stanley, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. All right, so um, the next piece of news that I'm gonna bring up is Josh Brolin was cast as Cable in Deadpool 2. Nope, we're done talking about that. <laughs> next, and um, don't move on. To be honest, nope. I <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Don't know. I don't know no. too much about Josh Brolin as an actor. I've seen him in stuff. Obviously, he's playing Thanos in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so I can't really speak to how he's going to portray Cable. But I will say this: I think the guy's going to have the look down. Uh, I brought that up with someone yesterday, and he he's not really sure about that. But um, I think he's going to have the look down. I think it's fine. They were talking about it possibly going to Michael Shannon who is playing Zod in the DC universe, and I could not really see that. Um, wasn't a big fan of him. Sorry to offend anybody, but yeah, there you go. think Josh Brolin is going to be okay. Uh, all right, next up is X-Men The New Mutant starts filming soon. Uh, it will start filming on June 4th of this year in Massachusetts. And the rumored premise is uh, it's going to have a young adult style with the overall feel described as Stephen King meets John Hughes style horror movie, which is interesting. The main antagonist will be the Demon Bear, the screenplay heavily inspired by Chris Claremont's run. We still don't really don't know any details about it or even the cast. The working title is apparently Growing Pains. Which is stupid. Which is cute. No. That was a bad TV show. Trust me, it was. I had to. I watched a couple of episodes for a class that I had to do and write like a little review sort of thing on it. Growing Pains, bad show. I'm wondering, you know, if they're actually going to stick with X-Men The New Mutants. I don't think they're going to say X-Men Growing Pains. That would be a terrible title to go with. But yeah. it's Fox, so who knows? They're full of terrible ideas. They might go with X-Men Growing Pains. I'm already thinking ahead to a sequel featuring the Hellions. I would absolutely love to see that. The, the movies... Got release dates. That was a big one. That just came, kind of came out of nowhere one day. So New Mutants allegedly will be released April 13th of next year, followed by Deadpool 2 on no. June 1st next year. No, it's not. And 
Dark Phoenix on November second uh, of next I year. I hate all of this. Uh, <laughs> so apparently, most of the young New Mutants from X Men Apocalypse are expected to return, but there's no word on James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, and Nicholas Holt yet. I don't. I don't. I I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, you know, there was that statement that um, the one guy, the producer, put out, which we read on the podcast maybe a couple of months ago about, you know, it was, um, you know, the whole Phoenix storyline was like the secondary plot of one of the movies. Um, that's why we did it wrong is essentially what he said. So uh-huh, that's now, why. now they want to make it like the main plot of this movie and it's basically like a do-over sort of thing. But I am not a fan of Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. Neither she am I. She brought literally nothing to the role I, I i just i don't know i don't know how i feel about this but this is what we're getting and i'm gonna go see it so there you go out of the three of these movies i am the most excited about x-men the new mutants all right now this is the big shit sandwich that happens throughout uh over the course of a week in april and it was um the controversy over some of the artwork in x-men gold number one um, this guy, the, the artist on, on the issue, Ardian, it's S-Y-A-F, and I have been told that that is pronounced safe by someone who is, he's, uh, he's Indonesian, he drew Colossus, if you look in, in the book, if you manage to get a first printing of it, which I'm, I'm sure a lot of us did, um, the t-shirt with the QS, of the 551 on it, the 212 number, uh, the Jew you know, in jewelry right next to Shadowcat's head. You know, this were these were all messages inserted by Artie and Safe, all representing something. The 212 was for a protest against uh, a governor of Jakarta and a Christian. You know, the, the QS 551, that's, you know, a verse from the Quran about how Muslims should not appoint the Jews and Christians as their leader. Uh, you had that Jew right next to Shadowcat's head because she is a Jew, and, you know, obviously there's an uproar, not just because, you know, that he snuck this art, these messages in there, but this is an X-Men book, you know? I mean, this is like, you know, about racism and being fe- uh, he- feared and hated. And, like, this is where these messages get put. And, you know, this Marvel's response was basically, you know, the artwork in this book was inserted without our knowledge. They don't reflect the views of the writer, editors, or anyone at Marvel. It's in direct opposition of the inclusiveness of Marvel Comics and what the X-Men have stood for. The artwork's going to be removed from subsequent printings. I might post a link for you guys who haven't seen it yet. I've seen the altered artwork, what they decided to do with it, and I thought it was interesting. And, you know, I don't blame them. And they said that disciplinary action is going to be taken. And, you know, a couple of people voiced their opinions, like Nisieza, you know, at hope everyone realizes the writers and editors were sabotaged. You had G. Willow Wilson. She kind of went on a huge rant and called his messages garbage. And, um, you know, and then Safe responded and was like, you know, my career's over. I didn't mean anything by it, essentially. And goodbye and may God bless you. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, this was all happening over the course of just like a couple of days this is when we were away, actually, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So since all of this has come to light, um, he has been terminated. So there was supposed to be a rotating cast of no. uh, three artists. 
for X-Men Gold. And so Ardian was supposed to be the first one and then there was going to be another two and then it was going to go back to Ardian for like three issues or whatever so that they could, you know, release these books every two, uh, so that they could release the books twice a month. Um, It's way too much for one artist. So he had already drawn issues two and three. You know, it's too late to change them, but I assume they went over two and three with like a fine tooth comb with somebody who would understand these messages if he tried pulling this shit again. But they, uh, I mean, obviously issue two came out and issue three is going to also come out with his artwork So they're going to have to find another artist to add to this rotation since he got fired. Is it definitely going to be rotating, though? I thought that it was supposed to. I mean, like I know Astonishing X-Men coming out in a few months is definitely going to be rotating artists. Uh, If I were a good host, I would have looked this up (laughs) for sure, too. But, um, you know, we we know that uh, artist R.B. Silva is going to be drawing a few issues. Ken Lashley is going to be drawing a few issues. Now, they say a permanent replacement artist will be assigned to X-Men Gold. I don't know if they mean just, like, one or whatever, but, you know, this kind of sucks. The reason why I mentioned something at the beginning, essentially, of the podcast is because I wanted to keep my original thought of this artwork. It's not outstanding. It's not the most amazing artwork I've ever seen, like Clayton Crane or Andrea Sorrentino, who are two of my favorite artists, but it was good. And, you know, then he has to pull this shit. And... It was just funny how he was, like, trying to act innocent and apologetic, but then, you know, what happens after that is Marvel does terminate him. It was within a couple of days, they they fired him, and then he comes out with this fucking message. X-Men Gold number two and three will sold out quickly, because that's my last issues before they kicked me. Grab yours, you're welcome, Marvel. And then he also said, but Marvel belongs to Disney, right? So the second I offended the Jews, of course there's no leniency. And that basically just, you know, tells you all you need to know. That he did mean this shit. He did mean offense by it. These are his views. And it's fucked up. Mark Guggenheim, like the the writer, he's he's a Jew. I don't know. It, it was just crazy to me. I could not believe that this happened. This was all over the internet for days. Like every fucking news site, paper, whatever was, was writing about it. I saw it from the New York Times. I saw it in Arab News Network. And, and it's, you know, just kind of sad too. I also... Uh, somebody who we know brought up this point too, that the editors should be getting in some shit too, because you don't let that slide without questioning, being like, hey, what was that? Um, I could have seen the 212 or the 51 getting by because I didn't notice that. I wouldn't have picked that out myself, but I immediately noticed the Jew next to Kitty's head, and I immediately was like, what the fuck is on Colossus's shirt? And I was going to look it up, yeah. but I had a lot to read that day. So I was just, you know, I let it go to the side without looking it up. I thought it was like Quicksilver something. I don't yeah. I don't know what it was, yeah. you know, and I didn't look it up and I should have. Yeah. And uh, even, you know, my friends who don't read comics or at least don't read comics every week, we're posting stuff about it on Facebook and tagging me in it and being like, Hey, Patty, you love the X-Men. What do you think about this? And I'm like, I already, you know, hashed out my ideas like 500 times in different places on Facebook. Like, I'm over this now, you know? Yeah. I'm done talking about it. <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's unfortunate. And it's also, I think, kind of um, a wake-up call, too. Like, the editors really need to go through this shit. They're, I mean, it's not just one editor going over a book you know there is an x-men group editor there are multiple editors looking at this looking at this stuff i mean somebody needs to 
somebody needs to question this kind of stuff. My whole my whole thing about this initially, before it came out that like you know safe was you know, what he said about the Jews. You know, of course there's no leniency. My my whole issue with this was the fact that he hid it in there. If these are your views, okay. You know, like, they're not tolerant, they're not cool, I disagree with them, but if they're your views, practice that in your own private time. Discuss that with your intolerant friends in your own private time. Don't sneak this shit past other people and make these other people look like assholes. You know what I mean? That's the really fucked up part. That he didn't come up and say, oh yeah, so I'm going to draw this on Colossus' shirt, but this is referencing a verse in the Quran. Um, it's that he snuck it in there, and that's really fucking shitty to do. That's what I think. And uh, anyway, you know, he's a douchebag. So All fun. right, we're done with it. It's over. Uh, next, so this was interesting. These trading card variants are coming in July. X-Men trading card variants. The art is by Jim Lee. No, they're not new. These uh, X-Men trading cards came out in the 90s. This is very nostalgic for me because I have binders. <laughs> binders full of this shit. Makes me really fucking happy to see that they're going to do variant covers of this. The only thing that kind of sucks is I'm not going to buy them all. I, it's gonna. There's a whole list online again. I'm gonna. I'm gonna post the link to it that gives the full list. Cause like you know, there's gonna be one of Forge like on Daredevil or something. But um, no, like Gwenpool, I get. I'm gonna get that book. So if the if the variant is the same price, I'll buy it. But like Iron Fist and Spider Man, it's gonna go on a lot of. It's gonna go on a a lot of uh, the covers for a lot of these different books. So I think that's really cool. And I'm probably going to pull out some of the binders. Bleh binders and check out some of the old trading cards that I have from the 90s. So this makes me very happy. All right. So there was a resurrection panel at C2E2 and I read through the script and um yeah, so here you go. So Jimmy Hudson, the son of Ultimate Wolverine, joins the team in number 4. This is X-Men Blue we're talking about. The explanation of Hudson's arrival on the mainstream Marvel Earth will be explained in numbers 5 and 6, and there will be a love triangle between Jimmy Hudson, Cyclops, and Jean Grey. So, Which is kind of weird because it doesn't seem like young Jean wants to give young Cyclops the time of day. Well, see, so here's what I'm thinking. Maybe Jimmy Hudson and Cyclops are going to get together, and Jean Grey is going to be really pissed because she wants Jimmy Hudson. I like that. There yes. you go. This please, is, please, Marvel, this is please. Why I should be writing for Marvel. Yes. So there you go. This, uh, this brings us to Clevis, which I talked about a little bit earlier. He said that he's planting a seed with the character that will pay off. He's around... planting his seed. He's planting his seed in, in X-Men Gold number 20, so look out for that. But see, Guggenheim did the right thing. He let the editors know that he's planting his seed in there. He didn't try hiding his seed and getting it past the editors. We know his seed is coming. Yeah, so, you know, issue 20, his seed is coming. Uh, use protection. Uh, so according to Guggenheim, he's hiding some mysteries behind Clevis. So uh, I don't know. He looks sort of like an alien and kind of like Scaleface and Melancholy. He's like a lizard alien. Yeah, so alien they, lizard. A fan asked at the panel why in IVX uh, they threw Emma Frost under the bus, and Charles Soule explained that Cyclops with her was her tether to her heroic life, but when he died, she reverted to her villainous roots. Uh, Nick Lowe promised that her story is not finished, which, first of all, makes me happy and brings me to this. 
Marvel is going back to original numbering with some of their books. Which is so stupid. But what does that mean for X-Fans? Like, Uncanny, they kind of, you know, fucked up with a bunch of different volumes in rapid succession. Are they going to start a new Uncanny title and go back to original numbering? Maybe starring Emma Frost, which is something I said last month? (laughs) What do you think? Well, okay, so this is the thing. You know how they had... The issue last year that was like Uncanny X Men 600, was it? That was a couple of years, a few years ago. Oh, was it? 2014? 2015? 2015. It was was issue 600, though, right? Mm -hmm. 600. Okay. So maybe they're going to count the issues of Uncanny since issue 600. Yeah. And do it from there. But Jonathan and I have talked about this a lot about. you know, the relaunch of the DC universe, um, all this new stuff that Marvel is doing. And, you know, me telling him, I thought it was stupid that they started renumbering things in both of the companies because, like, they weren't even separate series. They were just continuations of stories, but they just started numbering them from number one, I guess, as a starting on point. Yeah. But you still needed to have read the previous series for it to have made sense. So... And then Jonathan said, oh, well, you know, DC had a lot of success with that when they started from number one. They were able to sell more books because new fans would be like, oh, look, I can get issue number one and start from here. So I feel like the numbering from a high number is going to be just confusing for a lot of people. Um, How are they going to organize their boxes, you know, and... Like, okay, so obviously X-Men fans are going to keep buying and continuing the series and stuff, but if somebody new is going to go to the store and be like, oh my god, it's Uncanny X-Men number 670, like, they might feel like they have to start from number one, you know? And it's going to be like, uh, so I see you have Uncanny X-Men number 670. What was the issue that came out right before this? Oh, it was number 17. (laughs) Like, I don't know. They did that with Wolverine some years ago also. Yeah. I mean, it it just it's so confusing. I just stick with one thing. I get what you I know, I get what you're saying and I, and I appreciate it. I don't completely agree with that point though that like you you still need to know everything that happened even if it starts at a new number 1. I I I see what you're saying and it definitely is helpful to have knowledge of what came before, but I don't think it's 100% necessary, but and I'm going to stick to the point that I I've made though is that they noticed when they start these things over and throw out a new number one, they sell better. Like, the numbers don't lie. They're getting more money because of it. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's not about the stories or continuity or the fans or whatever. It's, it's, about, it's about the money. That's what capitalism is. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that's what we have to deal with. But either way, it's going to be okay. Um, we're, we're still getting more new X-Men titles. There are some people bitching already about them. And, uh, you know, obviously we take issue with certain things. But to be honest, overall, the three new books that came out in April, I, I like them. I don't hate them. I'm not, I'm not angry at the stories. I'm excited to see what else is coming. And, um, yeah, so, you know, we'll be back uh We'll be back next time, and we'll be talking about more new titles that are coming. I know Jean Grey, number one, is coming out in a week or two. Um, I'm so happy. And that's not going to be the only one that comes out in May. So, you know, we'll see what happens as we move forward. So that'll do it for this month's episode of Mutant Musings. Thank you so much for stopping by. And hopefully you'll also stop by Geekade's Facebook page, Twitter feed, YouTube channel, and immerse yourself in all the geekery of geekade.com. 
And if you're in a giving mood, maybe you'll comment on our podcast and let us know what you think about us because we crave validation. I definitely do. We want to know what you think because being open and honest with our emotions is how we develop good relationships. Shut up, you fucking snowflake. Stay tuned, everyone, because we've got a special bonus episode coming in a couple of weeks where we'll be taking a look back at the origin of our love for the X-Men. Until next time, Rachel was right, Prestige was not. Prestige was not.